0: Before I start this week's episode of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast, just a quick note of thanks to the photographer who took the photograph which adorns the cover art, Sora Shimazaki at Pexels. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Financial Crime Weekly Podcast. I'm Chris Coke bride It's been a very quiet week this week. I think most sensible people must be on holiday. Still, I've managed to find just enough financial crimes news to keep things ticking over. So let's crack on as usual. What I've done is I've linked the main stories, which I then flag in the podcast, in the description. And you can have a look at them if you want to do so. We'll start this week on sanctions. Sanctions news starts in the United Kingdom, which has broadly been issuing updates. First, the Office of Financial Sanctions Implementation, (Ofsi) has updated its General Guidance for Financial Sanctions under the Sanctions and Anti-Money Laundering Act 2018. Specifically, it's extended the operation of the Guidance on Refusal of Licences, which is Section 6.12. Secondly, Ofsi has updated its Mongolian Energy Payments license. A license is permission, of course, from OFSI, which allows an act that would, if it were ordinarily carried out, breach prohibitions imposed by financial sanctions. The update is an extension to the operation of the license, which will now expire on the 14th of August 2025. Thirdly and finally, for OffSea, entries have been amended on the consolidated list, which is the list. OFSI maintains of designated persons subject to financial sanctions. Specifically, they relate to Mali, Central African Republic and Russia, certain of which amendments enact a UN decision on the 21st of July 2023. Link to all of the above, including the updated consolidated list, can be found in the podcast description. The other sanctions news this week comes from the US, where the Department of State has designated a senior ISIS Somali Financier, adding him to their sanctioned individuals list. Abdiweli Mohamed Yusuf, the head of finance for ISIS Somalia, which, quote, uh, engages in extortion of financial institutions, local businesses, and money or mobile money service providers exploiting vulnerabilities in Somalia's institutions to finance its activities, including through mobile money and hawalas. OFAC, has also sanctioned – OFAC, of course, is the Office of Foreign Assets Control – has also sanctioned three Malian officials who are believed to be concerned in facilitating the activities of the Wagner mercenary group in the region. Wagner, of course, has been joining Russian forces in the attack on Ukraine. The links to the US Department of State press release and the OFAC designation can be found in the podcast description, together with the OFAC press release and designation of the Malian officials little bit of fraud news this week not an awful lot just one notable story really and it relates to the banking protocol the banking protocol which was developed by uk finance national trading standards and local police forces is designated to alert staff to possible scam activity and to intervene to stop the scam before the customer loses money to fraud In the last year, £55 million in fraud has been prevented by use of the protocol, bringing the total since the banking protocol's implementation in 2016 to £258.2 million. The link to the press release from UK Finance, information about the banking protocol and a human interest story from the BBC website all about the banking protocol can be found in the podcast description. I told you it was brief on fraud, that's it. Now we turn to money laundering, where there is a bit more activity this week. We start with the European Union where the Commission has announced an evaluation of Directive 2018-1673 on combating money laundering by criminal law. As part of the evaluation, which will assess the implementation of the Directive, the Commission is asking for feedback. There are already some who've provided feedback, which is publicly available on the Commission website. Frankly, it wasn't worth my while putting those which I did into Google Translate, so one can only hope that time and reflection will generate better quality responses. The feedback period closes at midnight, Brussels time, on the 24th of August 2023. The link to all that is in the podcast description. Before we leave continental Europe, to Germany where it's been announced that a draft law has been put forward for the establishment of the Federal Bureau of Financial Intelligence. This is something which we highlighted last year in episode 21 of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast after Germany had come in for a bit of criticism, it was quite stinging actually, from the Financial Action Task Force in its Mutual Evaluation Report of Germany. The report had criticised its disjointed approach to supervision, acute staff shortages, as well as the penchant of the German people to use cash for transactions. Now this is really high. Around 75% of transactions are still cash-based. The new body will start work in 2024 with offices in Dresden and Cologne. To the UK now, where a joint statement of the UK and Australian governments has been issued following the first Illicit Financing Coordination Dialogue, which took place in London on the 15th and 16th of June this year. You can read more more about it from the link from the UK Home Office, which is in the podcast description. The final bit of money laundering news this week comes from the Solicitor's Regulation Authority in the UK, which has published its sectoral Risk Assessment on Anti-Money Laundering and Terrorist Financing. The comprehensive document is linked in the podcast description and downloadable which i'd recommend as a pdf file format for anyone who works in the sector and is looking for a little bit of light holiday poolside reading now there's an interesting market abuse story this week which you probably heard about because it was fairly mainstream it was covered by news and sports channels which probably is a decent indication of what it's about It is that the US, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has, in fact, no, it wasn't, although it might have been. It was the US Attorney's Office, actually, which has announced that Joe Lewis, or Joseph Lewis, as it describes him in the press release, the British billionaire and owner of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club has been charged with insider trading and financial fraud. As the press release from the US Attorney's Office provides... Joe Lewis abused his access to corporate boardrooms and repeatedly provided inside information to his romantic partners, his personal assistants, his friends and his pilots. Hmm, how the other half live. Those folks then traded on that inside information and made millions of dollars in the stock market because thanks to Lewis, those bets were a sure thing. Lewis is charged with a total of 16 counts of securities fraud and 3 counts of conspiracy. Link to the press release is in the podcast description now a bit of other news which is quite interesting before we pivot towards cyber news as we do every week so in the other news this week a former nigerian state official has been ordered to repay just over 100 million pounds or face a further eight years imprisonment following his fraud and money laundering conviction james ibori who is the former governor of delta state abused his position to fund a lavish lifestyle which allowed him to purchase property around the world. As the Crown Prosecution Service press release provides, after a four-week hearing at Southwark Crown Court, the CPS was able to prove that Ibori had benefited from his offending by £101,514,315.21. 21 pence is presumably really important, and had considerably more assets than he had disclosed. As a result, the judge has determined that Ibori has at least the amount I just said, £101,514,315.21, available assets, and has made a confiscation order in that amount. Link to the full press release is in the podcast description. In related news, late in the week, in fact this broke on Friday, the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK announced a confiscation order made again at Southwark Crown Court in the sum of £562,636 against Richard Faithful. Faithful was convicted in 2021 of money laundering contrary to section 327 of the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002. For that, he was sentenced to five years and ten months. If Faithful does not satisfy the confiscation order within three months, he'll serve a further four years in addition to that term. The Financial Conduct Authority press release is in the podcast description. In other news from the United Kingdom, the Serious Fraud Office has published a Notice of Discontinuance in relation to the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, the DPA, which had been agreed with G4S Care and Justice Services UK Limited, which I'll call G4S for short. It related to a fraud on the Ministry of Justice. The DPA was approved in July 2020 and in place for three years. On Wednesday this week, the SFO issued the notice because G4S had complied with its obligations under the agreement. The link to the notice is in the podcast description. Now we end this week's Financial Crime Weekly podcast with the usual roundup of cyber attack news. Now, where do we start? The UK, the South Central Ambulance Service and South Western Ambulance Service have both been affected by cyber on their services. These services cover around 12 million people in total. This is once more a reminder of the dangers of increasing cyber on the health and allied services sector, especially when reflecting on patient harm or loss of life. To Norway now, where 12 government ministries have been impacted by a cyber attack. A weakness in their systems was exploited by hackers and that weakness has now been addressed. The attack happened earlier this month but has only recently been announced, which is again, as I've said before, quite a common feature with cyber attacks. Finally, on new cyber attacks, the Wuhan Earthquake Center in China has suffered a cyber attack by what was ambiguously described as an overseas organisation. Now, to Updated news on cyberattacks, which happened earlier this year, tech whose cyberattack we looked at in episodes 53 and 54 of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast, has issued an update on the financial impact of the firm or on the firm of the cyberattack. From the press release, for the current fiscal year, the company now expects group revenues in the range of 750 to 790 million euros. Previously. 820 to 840 million euros. Unpartnered research and development is expected to range to be in the range of 60 to 70 million euros, previously 70 to 80 million euros. And the adjusted EBITDA E-B-I-D-T-A T-D-A T D A knew I'd get that wrong. Is expected to reach 60 to 80 million euros, previously 115 million to 130 million. So there you go. Nice to get a financial update. Johns Hopkins University and Johns Hopkins Health System have been named as defendants in a class action lawsuit from victims of what was described as a breach last month. More on this to come, I'm sure of that. Sticking with the US and more from the Move It cyber attack, which simply will not give up. It simply ain't going away. The First Source Corporation has indicated that the cyber attack has impacted around 450,000 of its records. I wouldn't be surprised if there is more on this next week. And finally to Scotland, where the University of the West of Scotland, which was a victim of a cyber attack earlier this month, has announced that the ransomware gang, Rizda, or Rizida, has made a demand of 20 Bitcoin, which is around £450,000, for the confidential data which is acquired, or which was acquired, in the incident, and that it will be, it is indicated, sold to the highest bidder. And finally, on cyber attack news this week, the Securities and Exchange Commission in the US has adopted new rules requiring public companies to disclose material cybersecurity attacks to the public. Frankly, I'm surprised it's only happening now. That's it for this week's relatively short episode of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast. If you want to do so, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear from me again, all being very well next Sunday with the usual roundup of all things financial crime. Have a cracking week everyone.